Hey friends, it's Kelsey Kemp, here to inspire and guide you as you answer the call. Tune in each week to hear me illuminate the biblical truth of what a calling actually is and how to find yours so you could create a career worthy of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. You won't just be hearing from me though. Some of the most incredible and purposeful people I know will be joining me to tell you their story of how God called them into careers that honor who they were made to be. So their work is now creating generations of ripple effects for the glory of God. Y'all ready? Okay, let's go. All right, I'm in one of those moments where you just have to choose to laugh at it. I have been trying so hard to record this podcast today, but I am at home in Corpus Christi, Texas, visiting my parents, and you might have heard me or seen me post about this on my Instagram stories or my monthly recap newsletter, which was pretty fun to write, by the way. I absolutely loved it. Make sure that you go and subscribe so you don't miss next month's reflections. But anyways, my point is that I'm in Corpus Christi visiting my parents and my mom fosters cats. It's a wonderful, awesome thing. And I am such a cat person, but I think that right now there's 15 cats inside and there's so many group dynamics. Like some of them don't like each other and some of them have certain hours where they get to be in certain rooms and enjoy playing together in certain little cliques. And they are just making so much noise and it's so irritating. But anyways, nobody downloaded this podcast episode to hear me talk about my frustration with cats. But I think one of them just started smacking on their food next to me. And then my parents automatic vacuum thingy just started talking and running and it's like, ah! but <laughs> oh, now a nice centering breath. Today, I am so excited for this episode to finally record it because uh, last week on Instagram, I asked, What do you want me to talk about? And by and large, the winning vote was, Y'all wanted to hear more about my story because you probably know me as a Christian career coach who gets the joy of helping people find and follow the career path that they're called to. But, <laughs> uh, question that is so natural for you to have is like, well, Kelsey, where did you find your calling and come to make a career out of helping others find theirs? How did that all happen? How did you hear your own call, Kelsey Kemp? <laughs> so that is what I am going through today. So I guess I should just get started. So uh, how about growing up? That's a good place to start. As you know, as I mentioned, I was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas, where I'm at right now. Um, to be sure, I live in Austin. I'm just visiting. Um, but I grew up here, and it's in South Texas, a city on the Gulf of Mexico. To um, And I was born to two hardworking, industrious, risk-taking, entrepreneurial camps who um, enrolled my twin sister and I in pretty much every sport and activity they could possibly think of as we were little nuggets growing up. Um, and they, uh, another, I think really critical thing, uh, in our family dynamic is they also always taught us to really earn what we wanted. So just go out and try things and do it. And if you think about it, don't hesitate, act on it. And if you want your own, what were those things? Like i pod shuffles, then go out and earn it yourself. And so that uh, kind of 
startup attitude and go-getter, earn-it-yourself attitude um, was very influential uh, to me. And whenever I was eight, I started my first business. My dad helped um, my sister and I, and we started washing cars. Uh, so like the full deal, detailing them, taking so many hours to like shampoo the carpets and um, make sure that we even clean parts with of the car with a toothbrush. And we did that actually from eight years old to 17 years old and earned our way through um, a lot of things. Primarily, you probably know we were super into ballet. And so every summer from 14 um, through 18, we would go off in the summers for a couple of weeks and do what's called a summer intensive training um, program at a some of the best ballet companies in the whole world. So we would be developing our skills and be seen by the right people to hopefully one day have a career as a professional ballet dancer. So anyways, that was the first business that we started, washing cars. And then I also, um, whenever I was 16, I started my own um, company where we created custom dance bags, as they're kind of called in the dance industry. But it's basically just a utility bag that we custom made to be so beautiful um, and have a wide variety of fabrics that we would offer our customers and they would get to customize what they wanted. But the design of the bag, I intentionally created to be absolutely perfect for each of the products that a ballet dancer has to carry with them to their classes and all around. And so that actually did quite well. So a humble company that I started at 16, um, right off the bat, just even whenever I was making my prototypes, I got it picked up by the biggest dance store in Texas, um, outside of Dallas. And uh, that's where our first order came in. It ended up being sold by five dance stores and shipped to 31 states and seven countries over our couple year stint. Um, of doing that. My mom was uh, working so hard and helping me with that and doing a lot of the sewing. Um, and I was working on the, I guess, the strategy and also marketing. So I started a YouTube channel at 16, which you might know because Kirsten still runs this YouTube channel. So it's been going on, what is that, like nine years now. Um, it was called Twins Talk Ballet 93 LOL because you have to have your birth year in there, apparently. Some unspoken rule of um, the, I don't know, first decade of the 2000s of what you had to do if you were going to name something. Um, but it ended up doing really well. I mean, to us, uh, 6,000 subscribers, that's where we got a lot of our sales from. Um, so anyways, all to mention that whole part of my life was such a big deal to me. Such a part of who I was and who I am today is as a kid, I always wanted to be and tried to be an entrepreneur. From the time I was six years old, I said, if anyone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would say, I want to be an inventor. Um, and so I thought that was kind of relevant to start off telling you my story that way because uh, I think it just shows it's not really a silly question whenever I um, sometimes go into with clients and ask them, 
um, what they wanted to be as a kid, what their aspirations were and how they developed over time and changed and what was the cause of those changes and what's really the core of what you're being called to pursue today. What is innate about who you are and what that would have you do. Um, so Anyways, you know, though, I wasn't just looking out for starting my own company. I fell in love with ballet and I was committed to pursuing that from 12 to 18 years old specifically. Those were the years where I was dancing morning and night, training all the time. We were homeschooled. And for our uh, last year of high school, Kirsten and I moved away from home which is kind of crazy. Uh, we moved away to Houston to attend Houston Ballet Academy and train there six days a week, full-time, more than full-time, goodness. Um, but I got intensely injured. And that is where my story takes a turn and where I decided to, well, I didn't decide. I had to switch paths and I ultimately decided to go to college at that point. I the injury if you're curious of what took me out was I would come much later to find out that I had an intense deficiency of vitamin D my bones were extremely weak so I went through three different uh injury and healer, healing cycles of getting re-injured again of intense stress fractures all over my feet, like in every single metatarsal, I had intense bone bruising and stress fracturing. So I was the at, at its worst, I was in a wheelchair for two months. Um, so <laughs> very, very, very intense. Uh, that all taught me a lot of grit. And I think just looking back, those years of singular focus and intense determination, no matter what physical pain. Um, I was going through or what emotional pain I was going through, um, seeing that honestly ballet is, it can be a, um, a very unhealthy environment. Um, but no matter what was going on, I knew what I wanted and I was going to attack it with everything I had. So that actually was something I was really encouraged to look back on as an example of Kelsey, like whenever I was considering quitting my corporate job and going off on my own and yet another entrepreneurial entrepreneur. Oh, why am I having a hard time with that word? Anyways, you get it. It's kind of hard. Um, whenever I was considering making a big jump, I was like, Kelsey, you have pushed hard before. And I think you could, um, kind of rely on those faculties again to get you far again. Um, but Moving on, I decided to, whenever it was apparent I could physically no longer continue in ballet, I went on and went to college at Texas A&M University. And this is where my story went from. I was all the dreamer, all into self-expression and in the arts, obviously in ballet and dabbling in this and that in my entrepreneurial ventures and my YouTube channel and all those things. And this is an interesting stage where I went from feeling so kind of, <laughs> this is a weird term to use, but I felt so alternative kind of like I was homeschooled and different in so many ways to entering one it's 
technically the second largest university in our nation, I'm pretty sure. And it's honestly a very homogenous culture. Um, and no matter like what the college is or the culture is, it's kind of, I feel typical to just realize whenever you walk up to your freshman year, um, to be like, wow, I am small fish, big pond, and everyone has a fresh start. Um, but I just felt like that was a phase of my life where I struggled against going with the flow of the stream. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, am I just like everybody else now? Which you could hear the pride in that. And that is something that I really struggled with in college. But I'll stick to three defining lessons or struggles from college that I want to share with all of you uh, to really give you a a clear picture of some of the defining things um, college brought me through or taught me. So one big point about my college experience is that I did what was, quote, right instead of what I wanted. That was a very, very consistent practice of mine. Um, so I plunged myself into studying business, um, even though I really, really really wanted to study something to me so much more exciting like art history. I loved art history or um, something in the liberal arts. I was really interested in those things, but I was quickly convinced uh, that I really, like college is just about being absolutely practical and it's time to grow up now. And um, with bitterness, I kind of learned to have a joking attitude about it. Like I would say things like, oh, you <laughs> pick a major you love and you'll never work a day in your life because they're probably not hiring. Like how gross. I would say things like that all the time, but it's just a clear example of sometimes people are kind of spiky and it's from their own pain and internal struggle. So um, I really, I should say I loved business. And I was obviously always interested in it uh, from a young age because I saw it as obviously a, a clearly related study to being an entrepreneur or an inventor. You can't just be the person that dreams up the product. You have to have the systems in place to make it a viable venture. And so it did make a lot of sense for me, but that was just a huge struggle of like, I would rather be doing, you know, like if I had it my way, I would still be I would be a professional ballet dancer right now. And since I can't do that, I would love to be inspired by art history. But, you know, now it's all about crunching the numbers and I'm a business student now. Um, so <laughs> I shoved down what I really loved and I put all my energy into doing everything right and trying to prove myself, prove to myself that social and monetary reward of doing everything right would be satisfying enough to just hunker down and reserve my passions for weekend hobbies, basically. So um, I was trying to just prove to myself, no, 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 like you're going to win at this way that society is telling you to move forward with. Um, and it's going to have to be satisfying. So <laughs> go at it. So that's what I did. I went all in on succeeding according to the standard path. Um, that I saw around me, which was I got top grades and I graduated with honors and I got into the top professional development program 
um, in the business school I was studying at. Uh, it's like a selection of 31 students in my year um, that got selected for this program. Um, and it gave us a lot of professional development opportunities and exposures for exposure to top jobs, which it ultimately did get me my job. Um, so I, yeah, I got an internship in a, a prized role of tech consulting for a huge consulting firm. Um, and that is the internship that led to the full-time offer I ended up taking after graduation. So before my whole senior year even started, I had a job lined up um, and all of that, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I was also a leader in a large Christian business leadership organization in the business school, uh, which kind of leads me, <laughs> big breath, sigh, <laughs> which leads me to the, my second point about what really stood out to me in my college experience, which is I was very suspicious, or I became suspicious after a while, of the picture that was being painted for me of what it means to really honor God with my career, or what does it mean to be a good Christian and follow God's will with my career. I kind of got suspicious of the picture that was being painted to me over and over and over again as for my three and a half years in college, because I graduated a bit early. Um, every other week or so, the organization I was a part of would have a speaker come in and it, inevitably it was somebody's dad speaking off the cuff about, um, I don't know how they see how they have handled their career in a way that has honored God and spinning that into advice for us. And over and over and over again, I kind of sat through these talks and just listened to this cookie cutter example of, hey kids, you just got to be diligent and work hard and, you know, just make um, enough money so you could provide for your family one day. And you know what? You should be diligent with tithe, which you should. <laughs> and um, you should just use the um, overflow of your wealth to fund missions. And that is uh, an awesome way um, to well, I wish that they kind of said it was an awesome way to honor God with your career. And I'm, maybe they did, but the impression I got was kind of like, this is the way. Since you're sitting here at this business school and this organization, um, this I, I'm sure that you're all going to take consulting or accounting or um, management jobs of some sort, and this is just the fact of our life. You know, we are the the funders of um, people who are doing really meaningful work for the kingdom, and that was so distant for me, and I didn't, I really, really wrestled to accept what they were pitching as the idea of a Christian life, which is to just in our segment uh, as business people, be the check writers for the people that I felt were really on a mission, like uh, figuratively and literally. Um, or, you know, another thing that they would present is, hey, what it means to live as a good Christian and work as a good Christian is to um, share the gospel message with your coworkers, um, maybe a couple times over your career. And that too, I was like, is that, is that really it? Or 
the whole time, I just was wondering if I had the space to dare to hope that the work itself I was doing could be meaningful, could be purposeful. Um, and like, did God even care what I was doing with decades and decades and decades ahead of me in my life in which I would be sitting at work? What did he want me to do? I am so happy and so um, on fire that it really is our very first purpose. It is our number one calling to know the Lord, follow Jesus, and to help others to get to know him and come into a saving relationship with him. That is our first calling. They were completely right on that. But there was this huge missing piece that I just felt empty about. And like nobody was presenting, I guess, the answers on this, uh, according to the Bible, um, of, well, what about the work itself? Can that be meaningful? Or do I just literally need to get any job? Is it really just about being responsible and working hard and cutting a paycheck and going home and giving some money to your church or a missionary? I just... I kind of had a hard time believing that was the case, and it turns out that that was a conviction that the Lord placed in my heart that he would water that seed more and more as time went on, and you'll hear that in my story of that was a conviction that was a seed of the calling that was placed on my life. Um, Because it turns out, yes, all of those things that they presented are true some of them are, uh, and the way they were presented as absolutes are, um, you know, it's not fair to present them that way. Um, they are a very important part of the Christian life, but it is not the whole picture. <laughs> so, um, anyways, moving on, uh, another thing that was uh, hard was I, I just thought, you know, actually this was kind of under that same point is like, if you asked me what my calling was or how I would go about finding that calling, how we're supposed to go about finding it, I would genuinely have no idea what to say. Like I would, I guess I would scrape up some answer at that time, according to what I knew or didn't know. I would say like, I guess it's the same as your passion or it's what God wants you to do with your life. Well, yeah, I mean, but how do you find it? Um, pray? <laughs> I don't think I would really understand. And yes, you do pray. But obviously, if you listen to any of my other podcasts or read my Instagram posts, or if you're one of my clients, you know that um, there are other things that are a part of the process of seeking and finding your calling. Um, so anyways, kind of shows how it's just so interesting that even though I sat through a lifetime of church And even though I sat through three and a half years of speakers at this Christian uh, business organization, at all of our meetings and stuff, I still came out and had no idea what the Bible said a calling was or how to find it. And so, yeah, add that to my note about that seed in me that was brewing up to what my calling is, which is to educate people on what the Bible says a calling is and how to find it and then partner along with them in that process as a professionally certified career coach. Um, But let me move on to the third and final thing that was a key experience um, for me in college or a key kind of takeaway 
and learning point is uh, I desperately wanted to understand my identity, but I struggled between being a prideful maverick of sorts, like such an individualist, um, and also a Christian drone. So what I mean by that is I struggled between these two extremes of like, is my identity just completely common and communal to all Christians? Like, I'm a child of God. I am, um, I don't know, daughter of the one true king. I'm saved. I'm loved. All those things. Or is it completely individual? Is Should I be deriving my main sense of self and my main sense of identity um, from the things that make me unique, my my qualities and personality and all of that. Um, and I just really had no idea how to view my identity in a godly way um, because I knew we are all unique. But And then I also knew that the other things I said are true. Like I am identified as a child of God and um, I am loved by God and all of those things. But what does God want us to think about that? And what does he want us to do with that? Uh, So yeah, I ended up swinging between extreme pride and just maximizing and showing off what made me unique or just kind of adopting this, I'm a child of God like everyone else and I need to just work hard, earn money to fund missions and share the gospel like everyone else. And so this simplistic view of my identity that I ended up swinging to uh, is really what also inspired me to follow a simplistic cookie cutter path. Um, so I didn't know how to have a redeemed non-prideful view of my unique attributes and passions. And I didn't know what was really God's will, uh, for me to find work that if it was God's will for me to find work that truly satisfied me. So off I went to corporate land, um, even though I really did not even like my internship experience at all. <laughs> yeah, I think I could say that. Uh, I still took the job because it was the right responsible thing to do. Um, and that's what everyone was encouraging me to do, really. And so <sighs> let me just say, though, I was and still am so grateful for the incredible opportunities this job gave me to push myself way out of my comfort zone um, and work on things I wasn't naturally good at and to grow up big time (laughs) and to learn how to even like how cool is it I learned how to serve and work with executives of multinational companies and lead teams of people onshore and offshore, as we would say. So what that technically means is I was uh, put in charge. uh, Once I had a few months under my belt, I actually had a very early opportunity to, I was appointed to lead a team and lead a whole work stream of this big project um, for uh, the client I was assigned to at the time, a big uh, law firm, I guess I'll say, that's all I'll say about that. Um, So yeah, I ended up like, having a meeting and directly reporting to the CIO, the chief information officer of this big company every week. And it was so much responsibility and it was horribly stressful, but um, what a wonderful opportunity to, to really learn how to, I guess, prove my chops (laughs) that way. Um, And I was leading a team of developers uh, in China 
so that was that was really interesting and a huge experience, man. Um, as a twenty-two, three, four-year-old to have uh, opportunities like that. Um, but obviously, you guys have probably heard tidbits and can also guess from all those things that I was having to juggle that it was so, so incredibly draining. I mean, for anyone, just uh, according to the sheer workload that I had to deal with, but also just that it was especially hard for me being someone that I really am such a passionate person, as I'm sure you could tell. And I really care. um, I, I just so highly value actually caring about what I'm doing. Uh, as I'm sure so many people do. I mean, I'm sure you do if you're listening to this right now. Um, and so it it really graded on all of my senses that I was doing something and spending all of my time and all of my energy doing something I genuinely didn't care about at all. Like making some technological system or workflow slightly more efficient slash less annoying for some end user, 17 people down the line that doesn't even care. They're just glad the annoyance is gone. And then they forget about it and complain about some other tech issue that I have to fix the next day. Like I, I just couldn't care. I'm so glad that some people care about that, but I couldn't. So, um, but it did take me about a year and a half before I realized I could even give myself permission to find another job. Cause I was still so like, I, I have to do the right thing and I don't want to be a millennial flake and I don't want people to um, look down on me or judge me, or I don't want to let down my parents or the people and the mentors that poured into me in college. Um, I want to hold the name of this like professional development organization I was an alumni of. And um, I don't know, I just, in all of those things, as I actually heard of myself say those things out loud once I finally got the the bravery to do that just made me realize that I was listening to everyone else's voice and directions instead of going to God and asking what he would have me do um and at the time I was uh, really drained uh personally mentally emotionally physically um and also spiritually I wasn't really in the word and so or spending time like really thoughtful time in prayer with God um so that I I'm honestly not sure that if God was uh even speak to, speaking to me at the time that I would hear him um and so yeah it just shows you I was following everyone but what God wanted me to do. And I was even not really following what I wanted to do, quite obviously, I guess. Um, I was just kind of taking the script, the standard script that um, the, I guess the, my environment, maybe society at large was giving me and going with it and trying to succeed within that. Um, so <laughs> here's the point where I am uh, super ready to find a new job. <laughs> and this is the part that you've probably been waiting for. And I'll go um, and tell you about uh, this part of the story where I am really trying to find my calling, even though plot twist, I had no idea what that really was. According to what the Bible says, uh, I hadn't studied that diligently yet. Um, and so what did I do? All I had to use in the past was what I 
or what I always used was all I knew to use at that time, which was my logic and my research. Like, you know, I could just continue to type things into Google and seek advice and options of like, I don't know, what could I want to do with my career? Um, and actually, I found a lot of hopelessness in that process. I found it so hard that um, and looking through all of these job, <laughs> you should message me if you relate to this on, um, message me on Instagram, uh, where I was going through job postings on LinkedIn and it seemed like every job posting, basically, even for entry level positions, wanted you to have like two to five years of experience doing the exact same thing to every micro detail. Um, and so I felt like, oh, all I'm qualified for is basically what I've uh, already done, even though that's so ridiculous. I was starting out, proved so much um, working for this company. But anyways, um, so that's a lie is what I'm trying to say. And I hope that that encourages you that I did break free from that and you can too. But I was, as getting back on track, I was um, really hopeless in this pursuit of trying to find what I was meant to do with my life. And so um, I kind of ended up feeling like I just had to do the same thing, except maybe hopefully sucks a little bit less, like maybe less travel or uh, less hours. Because at the time I was traveling to Chicago from Dallas where I lived every single week, uh, Monday through Thursday, getting on, waking up at 3.45 a.m. to get on a flight uh, over there and do my work over there for the client I had at the time or I was assigned to at the time. Um, so I was getting drained real fast. And since I found a lack of hope in the job search as well, I ended up thinking if I can't construct a career I'm really interested in, I'm at least going to try to construct a life I'm interested in. And so I got really fixated on this idea that I was going to move to London. Um, and I got somewhat far along in that process, but um, by the grace of God, it didn't end up working out. Uh, that's a whole nother story, I think. But I, in the process of going through feeling like I was literally crazy as I was desperately trying to find something that I liked, I was really, I watched every single TED Talk I could muster. I was listening to dozens and dozens and dozens of them all the time and podcasts and reading the books that people told me I should read and that would give me clarity and taking all the personality tests and doing all of those things to hopefully try to get some clarity. I felt like I wasn't really getting any. Uh, I, it gave me data about myself or interesting thoughts, but I didn't feel like any of the pieces were being tied together. And even if I started to get a vague recollection of a career path I was interested in and might be a good option for me, um, I still felt so alone and just really petrified in the process of what if I make a terrible decision? What if I'm just making all this crap up and it's really a horrible idea and this isn't what God wants me to do at all? And um, I don't know, maybe I'm just about to ruin my life. I'm not sure. And so uh, I felt very lonely. I felt very confused. Um, I It was very hard to grapple with these um, potential huge life decisions, seeing that I it was becoming more and more apparent that I was just going to break free and do something uh, more unconventional because I really wasn't liking 
the idea of and the options I saw of continuing in a similar career path, like corporate and whatnot. Um, I uh, ended up through this reaching out and seeking um, a therapist, which I went to, and uh, I didn't. So she helped me get peace and clarity of thought in all of the ideas I was thinking of potentially uh, following in my career. Um, And it ended up helping me a lot. But through the process, what ended up being the most clear (laughs) is that none of these pursuits, these personality tests and books and even therapy and all these things, they didn't help me understand what I was called to do. (laughs) I would find out later because a calling only comes from the Lord. Um, But it didn't even help me in kind of a very practical sense as well of giving me career direction and clarity. But it did reveal the biggest problem that I knew needed to be solved for me and for others around me. And my mother's words that echoed in my brain all the time. We all know that saying of like, um, in mother, wait, necessity is the mother of invention. And she said that to me all the time as I was drumming up inventions as a kid. And those words really came back to me strong because I thought in this moment, this is really daunting. I don't even know how to solve this for myself right now, but I look around And this is clearly the most important problem to solve in my life right now. And this would be life-changing if I could figure out what I was really called to do with my career and hopefully find something I was very passionate about. Um, But it wasn't just me. I looked around and many, many of my friends and people I would even meet just casually and around, it seemed to be such an enormous problem of many other people were relating to me in how confusing and difficult and daunting that whole process is of considering um, a career change, especially if you haven't started your career yet. If you're in college, it's still daunting, um, but if you're considering a big career pivot, man, that's scary. So um, I looked around and I thought, well, wow, if I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur, I've always wanted to be what I would say an inventor is what I called it as a little kid. And necessity is the mother of invention. I think I would find quite a lot of purpose in helping people with this most essential problem of how do you find the career you were made for? A a viable one too, and helping in the practical sense of not just uh, getting people whipped up on stories of what they could do and leaving them in financial ruin um, of like a, a not really a real career path or a viable career path, as I would say, um, but like really helping them practically um, and emotionally through that process. Um, And then later I would come to care more of like doing this all from the Christian perspective of what, what does the Bible say too about uh, what our callings are and how to find them. Um, So anyways, that's where that seed started to be planted of like, wow, 
I I would like to help in this capacity. So I did a bunch of research and I found out that career coaching was a a real job (laughs) that people have. And I talked to someone who had a coaching business. It was different. It was like um, professional development. Like he uh, did kind of coaching seminars uh, and leadership coaching for small companies but he was in the coaching profession and I found that really interesting. And I, he like did a session with me and kind of demonstrated what he did. And I was just in awe. I thought, Oh my gosh, if I got to have conversations with people like this and help them in this way, I, I would just be over the moon. So, um, from a practical sense of, uh, just like what I enjoyed and an option that matched up with that, this became very clear, Um, And so I started just researching and I was uh, considering taking the plunge and uh, investing heavily in a certification program that would allow me to be a certified professional coach specializing in career coaching. And, but I hope that you notice at this point in the story, I have only been describing um, just my thoughts of what I like to do and what I think is an option and what I think I would find a lot of purpose in. I hope that you could tell that I have uh, at this point not um, mentioned anything that I have heard from God because this was just purely practical at this point and I had not yet heard God's call for what he wanted me to do with my, my career. But it was coming. All of that action I took and all of that work I did to understand myself, understand what I really cared about, understanding that like maybe I am made for such a time as this, that there's so many people around me, and including myself, that want a purposeful career but don't know how to find one. Um, and so after taking all of that action. It was like eight months of so much research and reading and soul searching um, and talking to people and consulting with friends, asking them if like, does this make sense for me? I think that according to who I know I am and what I would enjoy, I think this makes sense. And um, I got the feedback that yes, I think that this would be an excellent fit for you. Good idea. Um, And then talking to someone actually in the profession and thinking, yeah, okay, confirmed. I would like to do this. All of that, all of that work and praying along that whole process, I came to this moment where I was, I had a few, I was like doing interviews with the admissions counselors for different certification programs for coaching, thinking through, okay, am I going to do this? Is this real? Am I really going for this? I was in my hotel room after a long day of work in Chicago and I was listening to this podcast that I had just found that day. And the podcast, I it makes me smile to think what it's named. It's named Permission to Grow. Oh man, that's like just making me well up. Um, because now that I am uh, a year and a half, I think at this point, into this profession and have having had the joy of working with clients and seeing them through this transformation, I realized that the biggest part of their pivot is honestly, and it was the same for me, the biggest pivot is giving themselves permission to think, oh my gosh, I could do something different. Oh my gosh, I could 
I could just lead in faith and take this big step of faith. I could do something different than what my parents told me I should do with my career. Whatever that thing is, there's that is holding someone back. It, it might be different for everyone, often is. Um, there's this moment of giving yourself permission to change the beliefs you had about your life and align them boldly and bravely with what God is calling you to do with this one precious life. So anyways, I am in my hotel room after work. I just had found uh, this podcast called Permission to Grow. And the host of the podcast, her name is also Kelsey. And I thought, oh, that's funny. And then the similarities just keep on going. So um, I, I hope I'm remembering this correctly. I might be confusing this with the person she was actually interviewing, but um, I believe that Kelsey was a lawyer. So she had obviously invested quite a lot of time, money, and education into that career, and she decided to leave it to follow her passion. And Wow, I found that so inspiring. And then I think it was the person she was interviewing was a career coach who also had something similar. She had left her corporate job and started her own consul- or her own coaching practice. And I was like, wow, people, they are doing this and they're doing well at it. And this chick's name is Kelsey. Like, what a coincidence. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden... It just hits me like an absolute ton of bricks. It's kind of hard to describe moments like this where you feel, and I would say hear the call of God, but um, to, I don't know, make that very specific because I'm always curious, like, did you really hear God? It was for me more of like this jaw dropping, just frozen right where I was at in getting all of these directions and convicting thoughts and words in my mind all at once. And it's like, without a doubt, that was from God. It's just thoughts from absolutely nowhere. There weren't for me. It's very hard to put into words that moment of receiving your calling. Um, but you could always like reach out to me on Instagram. I hope that I explained that. Okay. But if you have more questions about that moment, please ask. But anyways, I get this moment where I I shut off the podcast because all of a sudden I hear from God, um, these words, your mission is to deploy my soldiers to the stations in society they were meant to serve in. Like those were not my words. I don't go around just using kind of military language or war language in um in my day-to-day life. I promise I don't. Those were so otherworldly and it all just it overwhelmed me. Your mission is to deploy my soldiers and it was like my from God. It was his voice. Um from him, so my soldiers, to the stations in society they were meant to serve in. I, I, and I automatically, I ran over to this notepad that I had, and I still have all those notes, and I was rushing to write all that down as if it ever left me. It never has. Like, I remember those words as if they were just like ringing in my head anytime I think about them. Um, and I enter this dialogue with God. It was such a, a moment so other than anything that I've experienced up until that point. 
where I'm like, okay, I hear you, God. I am ready. I want to be obedient with my life. I know that there is no greater um, way that I could use this time on earth than to obey your call. And thank you for this, but I'm so scared. And then I just write out my objections like, what if I don't make any money? What if I fail? What if everyone disapproves of what I'm doing? What if I get mocked for leaving this top-notch job right out of college? And I just, my words, I don't, it's so hard to put into words, but, um, cause it sounds crazy too. And it's almost just weird to say out loud, but I just automatically wrote this statement that I believe was from God. And he said, this is the time where you lean on me in your career. You have done everything on your own, trying to rely on your own strength. Do you trust me? (laughs) And I said, yes. I wrote down, yes. And I shut my notebook. And the next day I gave over half my savings, like large well of savings to uh, invest in this certification program, which solidified and put my money where my mouth is, is I am pursuing this new career path. Soon after that, I would have my first, the training program would start and I had my first conference live weekend and it was kind of like half online, half in person. Um, and at that, I met people and had a variety of circumstances and confirmations of it's time to quit your job. Like you don't have to stay in it um, until you know everything makes perfect sense and your business is totally off the ground. So I went ahead and I turned in my notice, uh, which was terrifying, and I almost threw up <laughs> as I was saying the words to my boss, like I am leaving. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I went ahead and I left and I did um, freelancing jobs of different sorts. Uh, If anyone's curious about that, I could do a whole podcast on how I supported myself until my business took off. Um, And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I didn't try to try to, I don't know, split my, I don't even think I could have, I was so drained. Uh, I don't think I could have split my time in this very demanding corporate job and building a business. So I'm very glad that I ended up doing what I did. Um, but, um, so (laughs) that is the big old story of how I found my calling. Um, and I I would say there's this, it's funny, I want to be precise with my language. It's like, I found my calling according to, there was this long, long process of like eight months of really diligently doing a lot of um, personal development, self-seeking and all these things, um, which I have now developed a much better tried and true, thorough, biblically backed process that I help my clients through and helping dig out what is their calling until the moment where we're not just finding their calling. And I wasn't, let me say for my story, I there's this is the story I'm presenting of how I found it. But then there's also the story of that moment where I heard and received my calling. So there are so many things that we could do to pursue God and ask him, would you reveal this to me? And there's so many things that we are meant to be doing to um, uh, 
logically find out what is a fit according to who God made us to be and what he put on our hearts to do. But then there is this moment where you know, and this is what we're seeking wholeheartedly. You know that this is what God is calling you to because you receive that call from him. And so that is that, but actually the story does not stop there. (laughs) So that brings us up to about a year and a half ago at the point that I had quit my corporate job and I was building a coaching practice of helping people get clear and confident or feel clear and confident throughout what was once a very obnoxious and difficult and unclear process of finding what they were really meant to be doing with their lives and their career. Um, But I still had a ways to go. And there's another calling that I received along the way. But it didn't all stop there. So uh, I heard God's first call to that brought me into this profession of career coaching. But (laughs) I strayed away from it. So let this serve as all that I'm about to say, uh, serve as a reminder that he is Lord and he is always guiding us in our lives. And we always need to be seeking his will and his call always, because it's not just this one time event. We should always be seeking his will because it turns out God had more to say that I'll get to in a minute. But um, I started out building my practice, helping people find what they were, quote, meant to do, I would say, (laughs) although that theologically doesn't make sense now, I realize, because I really was truly just helping them find what they wanted to do and helping them practically find a profession that that fit that, and then life coaching them through the difficult process of making a bold leap. Um, So that was technically what was going on, but I didn't at the time, honestly seek to have a biblical basis for what I was doing. And actually, whenever I asked y'all what you wanted me to podcast about this week, um, I asked if you guys had any questions about my story that you wanted me to go over. And my friend Arianne, Arianne Minks, she was actually a guest a couple episodes ago. She asked me if I ever felt like I made a big mistake. And if I ever felt like I wanted to take back my decisions, um, and my honest answer is only one time, but it was a big time. So I ended up hiring a mentor that really, uh, encouraged me like a business mentor, kind of business coach person. And he really encouraged me to chase wealth and prosperity on the basis of new age principles. So kind of manifest whatever you want. Um, He literally said money is God. Um, That should have, I don't know, raised a lot of red flags um, for me. Um, And besides that, just like direct quote, he also constantly implied that we are God in some sense. And also a very, very strong guiding statement that he was always kind of drilling into me is that our will is God's will. What we want is what God wants. And I think I was too young in my faith or I was being ignorant or whatever. I ignored the red flags that were coming up because I have since 
uh, developed a much more diligent practice of prayer and reading my Bible and studying it diligently because it is like the word of life, man. Uh, And since I've done that, I just realized like that's totally false. We like God is God. Obviously, money is not God. Um, All this stuff about energy and all of that, you need to be very careful about it, uh, which is very prevalent, a prevalent thing that's talked about um, in personal development circles. Um, And our will is not God's will. Like, how do we even know God's will? We're just literally making that ish up unless we are in the Bible reading what his will is for our lives. So, um... Needless to say, this led me away from uh, following this this business mentor's advice. It led me away from my calling, <laughs> which is so, I don't know. I laugh because I'm like, wow, I don't know. I guess that's my natural reaction. Even in therapy, lulls, <laughs> the therapist pointed out, she's like, you always laugh whenever you're talking about something really deep. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's how I cope. <laughs> but anyways, it's very sad. But um this all led me away from my calling, which from the beginning was to help other people find their calling from the caller, from God, and help them, like from God's words, deploy them to the stations in society where they were meant to serve, serve others, serve God, not themselves. And so, um, uh, unfortunately, I was really uh, strongly impressionable at this time, and he, this business mentor encouraged me to live a life and to help other people design a life that just made them like healthier, happier, richer, all those things like prosperity gospel, essentially, um, which I have strongly repented of in every single person. I'm just being totally honest, as I always am, but I called every single person with, that I had worked with through those times, and I have had really great conversations with them um, and encouraged them in the truth, although they didn't need it. Uh, by God's grace and provision, each of the people I worked with actually were strong Christians and were not uh, unduly influenced by um, these principles that I was kind of being fed and pushed in by this mentor. Um, So that was the big kind of uh, mistake, I would say, is uh, I wasn't discerning uh, or wise enough about my um, who I let influence me in this business. Uh, It's good to hire or work with mentors uh, that will help you you know, because whenever you're starting a business, that's you have a lot to think about and you have a lot you don't know. But um, unfortunately, I worked with one that uh, was very, um, he was not concerned about being aligned with the Bible. Uh, he was not a Christian. Um, and so that was really violating and straying away from what my calling was. Um so it did, it took me uh, a bit less, but like almost a year uh, to break free from those lies and return to following God's call um, according to the Bible. But this is the point where I realized, wow, this is not working at all. This is not God's will. I, I was realizing and being convicted of the false beliefs that I was uh, encouraged to espouse and starting to realize I'm no longer I'm not going to do this at all. Like something's got to change. And 
So this is whenever I really dug into God's word, which, wow, isn't God so, so gracious to show, uh, like, it, you know, it says in, I think it's Romans 8, or 28, wait, 8, 28. Yeah, you got it, girl. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, it's like, uh, God works all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He truly does because he used this season to drive the point home that if you are not in the word, then you are like really at huge risk for not, um, not following God, not understanding his true will, um, and developing kind of your own maybe false theology about things. Like I had really convinced myself like, yeah, my will is God's will. I'm just going to do whatever I want and encourage other people to do the same. So God is so good to have used that whole season as a lesson that um, it is absolutely vital to be in God's word all the time. So I started to study it and I'm like, wow, I just had this wake up moment where I'm telling people that I'm helping them find what they're meant to do but meant to do is a statement that implies that we are seeking what God designed them to do and what God's will is for them to do. But then, okay, if I'm looking for that and helping people with that, then um, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say a calling is and how that happens? And what does that look like in the word? So I just started like ravenously going through the Bible because I was really grieved by my deception. And I was uh, grieved that I had uh, wasted time being separate from the call that God had given me. And so I started like, like a mad woman studying my Bible. And this is whenever I received my second calling that was just so distinct, such a distinct experience. Um, I was, it's funny, I was listening to another podcast. There's some common theme here um, where I think it was Patrice Washington. Uh, if you look her up, she's a another Christian entrepreneur. Um, I think that she's like a financial coach. Uh, I'm not sure, but I found her and I was listening to this podcast and she said, anywhere I speak, anywhere I consult or do seminars and workshops, I make sure that I talk about God because I'm not trying. And I tell my audience, I am not trying to make you believe what I believe. I am just trying to give, I just have to give rather is what she said. I just have to give credit where credit is due. Because this is my story and God brought me through these things and he is my strength and my might and my savior and all of these things. Um, and I was so struck by that. I was like, wow, like to the point of tears, Lord, would you make me a woman like that where I don't mince words and try to give myself the glory, but I'm always giving you the glory, no matter the audience. I'm just humbly saying, hey, I'm not trying to indoctrinate you or anything or, um, I don't know, uh, be... Uh, I'm not sure, you know, just like being pushy, but I'm just humbly, I have to give credit where credit is due if we're talking about the God of the universe here. And so this, in this moment, I, I it went on for a couple minutes. And then once again, I just had that moment where I was going on about my business, folding my laundry, and I was 
absolutely stopped in my tracks again. And this time it was even more detailed than uh, the first calling I had received. Um, this one was like a download of intense instructions. It was so crazy. So um, essentially the instructions, I actually was looking at them because I, I wrote it um I wrote it in my in the notes of my phone, just the first thing I could grab and write all this down. But the the essence of it was that um, God was saying to me, completely dedicate your business to me. Speak from a Christian perspective on Instagram and anywhere else your business shows up, which ultimately would be a podcast. And actually the next thing I heard was start a podcast, name it, answer the call. Like I wrote all these things down in my notes and it says that directly. Um, and educate people on the truth about their callings, do speaking events and courses branch out from just the one-on-one -on -one model um, because this message needs to be spread. But the big ringer was like, I was told in that moment, don't just be like shy, you know, I'm a Christian. And you know, if a, a client happens to be Christian too, then cool, we could relate on that. But then I'm going to go back to just kind of secularly helping anyone um, with career coaching. Um, but no, God was saying, completely dedicate your whole business to me in my name. And so it was super duper terrifying. I I was, once again, I felt like I was just going to puke. I was so nervous, but I actually saved this on my story highlights, this moment where I went, it was kind of late at night. I was like, now or never, man, just like say it. So um, if you look up on my Instagram story highlights, it's like what I'm all about is I think what I titled that. And you could see where I just earnestly spoke about my conviction that I had been helping people find a life that they love and helping them find happiness outside of God, who is our only true sustaining source of joy, our only true sustained source of hope. And that just broke my heart. And I wasn't willing to do that anymore. And so um, in that moment, and from there on, I think that was like, May 1st, or April 1st, or something. Yeah, I think it was like April 1st, I just like went at it. And I, um, I, from that point on, just developed, um, uh, I did a lot of things. So I, I ended up creating a course, as you might know, in Austin, I did a live class. It was for seven weeks and it was called The Called Career. And um, I took uh, the whole class through what does God say in the Bible uh, is his design and original purpose for work? Uh, how are we meant to be handling our careers? What can we expect from them? And I found such a more of a joyful, wonderful picture than what is often presented. Um, and uh, what the biblical definition of a calling is, who they were made to be, what God put on their heart, and what God would have them do with that, and discerning what is their true calling from that, and then practically help them build a career from it. So it was an incredibly impactful course. It changed my life in just hosting it and, I don't know, developing the chops to make that curriculum. And uh, it also was incredibly impactful for all that went through it. 
Um, and so, yeah, my then I started coaching one-on-one clients in a totally different way with um, also providing these guides and information um, from my course just to make sure that every person I want to encourage them with um, the biblical truth of how we're meant to be handling our careers and finding our callings and honoring God with our work. Um, so it has been a big, big uh, uh, momentous journey, I'd say, um, which as usual, I think that I went on quite long, but I really hope that this story was so encouraging to you. I mean, it's not just a story. I just hate overusing that word. It's my testimony of how God has been unbelievably faithful to pursue me in all things, like no matter how I stray away from him um, and uh, seek unwise counsel outside of him. He has just drawn me back every single time. And so I could truly say he does work all things to the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Uh, And that is you, my friend. So um, I wanted to encourage you that if you can relate to the maddening spiral of feelings like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what to do with my life. I'm not sure what to do with my career. Um, Or you think you might know, maybe uh, you might have an idea of what you're called to do, but you aren't sure how to become sure and confident that this is really the thing that you're meant to take the leap for. Um, Or maybe you actually even just feel like um, you are starting to understand what God's calling is for you, but you're like, that's too risky. I could never make enough money or that's impossible. Um, I can help you actually much more than just career clarity, direction, and design and finding your calling. I also help you design the practical steps and think creatively about how to build a viable, even if unconventional career. And so... I have helped a lot of people get to the place where they're unbelievably overjoyed that they're like, wow, I never thought that this would be an option for me, but thank you, Jesus, that it is. And thank God for bringing me to this point. So um, that is the fruit of my partnership with my one-on-one clients. And if that is something that you're like, wow, I really relate to your story and I am ready to get out of this crazy, like, um, unclear maddening path that um of like how do I find my calling then reach out because it can be clear through our partnership um and it can come with more ease confidence and clarity than you had previously thought possible so you could go to kelseykemp.com forward slash one dash one dash coaching (laughs) one-on-one coaching don't forget those dashes uh, to learn more and apply or you could just click that same link in the show notes I would love to hear from you we could have a no pressure I a lot an entire hour which is very generous but I really want to make sure to honor the people that come to me and objectively work together to decide is our partnership, the best option for you right now? Is it the time? Is it the resource that you are meant to be utilizing? Um, And then we make a decision from there together. Um, So uh, it's no pressure. It's fun. 
I would highly recommend it. <laughs> um, but anyways, I really hope that my story encouraged you and I am excited to hopefully hear more of your stories as I get to know you through my email community, for, through Instagram, through um, my DMs with you guys and through this podcast. Um, and hopefully I get the joy of getting to work with some of you. So much love. I think that is quite enough for today. I hope that you have um, peace and blessings in your journey to find your calling. Thank you.